0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another three articles of Alpha Bunga Bunga, the Global Politics Podcast. At the end of the end of history, if I don't say that, uh, the other guys get mad. So I'm, I'm going to repeat it. It's the Global Politics Podcast at the end of the end of history. And this is the three articles we discuss. Three articles we each bring one and discuss them. It's Sunday, the twentieth of June. You'll be hearing this probably at the beginning of July, but our articles are, if not timeless then things which will still be very relevant by the time you're hearing this. Uh, So the first one is George's George, go ahead. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for that intro as well. You really nailed the uh,
1: podcast tagline I thought. Um, So yeah, I mean, I've, I've mainly been reading about football actually. So I was, I was going to go for a, a piece which is about Francesco Totti playing in the Roman A to side league, but I can already see Phil's um, eyes cleaning, glazing over. He's thinking Kisena Frega. But anyway, um, so what I wanted to do, my the article that I wanted to choose was is from Substack, the uh the hated um Twitter alternative, and specifically Angela Nagel's Substack. And it's the article Did Populism Start a 21st century anti-clerical revolution, which is from June the 13th. And you can get this by going to angelanagel.substack.com um, and the subtitle Exposed by the Fight Against Populism, the 20th Century Secular clerisy Have Made New Enemies. So, yeah, I thought this was a really interesting, really good piece. Um, I'd been listening to the audiobook of Joel Cotkin's The Coming of Neo Feudalism while on my state <laughs> permitted. Uh, walks in the past um, past few months, actually, is, you know, more like six months ago now, um, and yeah, I, th- I thought this, I, this, this, the parts on the clarity were some of the best in in that book, and I think it's definitely a concept that's worth worth talking about, particularly in the context of some of the discussions about. PMC or petty bourgeoisie or whatever that we've been that we've been having. Um, really? and Angela Thesis. I, thought,
2: I thought Brazilianization is a much better concept to capture like what's going on rather than neo-feudalism, George. Mm. But, okay. that,
1: that, I mean, that Brazilianization piece in American Affairs is a 10 minute read, mate. You can read it. You can easily read it in 10 minutes. True, um, true. But I wanted to, to to expand the net, if that's the right phrase, a little bit. And um, beyond just things that, that we ourselves had written. Um, yeah, so Andrew thesis in this is that the notion of the clarity is the clearest way to understand the quote Simultaneous class and culture war of populism defined as a Quote a vast secular moral teaching class created in the 20th century who accrue power set the terms of moral virtue and prestige and parasite existing wealth through producing and maintaining ideology so Yeah, safe to say I'm <laughs> just not a fan um, but the I think the, um, the idea here is that pop- the explanation is the populism is a response to um, the clerisy, it's those who are subject to the clerisy's rules um, and attacks the three main institutions of the clerisy, academia, NGOs, sector, and the media. We can debate whether this is actually true or not. I think Michael then, for example, has a bit of a different reading. Um, and so her understanding of left populism, so the, Corbyn, Sanders, etc. movements is that they quickly became filled with clerics, their values, and also their collective self-enrichment and power strategies, which the anti-clerical public bitterly resent. So, yeah, there's, there's I mean, there's, there's quite a lot more to, to to talk about here. So I'll just go through really briefly what I think some of the the main arguments are, and then we can, you know, we can, I can bring it, bring you guys in, and we can have a, we can have a chat about it. Um, so she sees the foundations of the clerisy basically established in the, in the seventies, particularly the ideological foundations through feminism, youth culture, globalization, identity, politics, multiculturalism, sexual freedom, the technocratic application of science as a solution to social ills and so on. Um, and then there's been a vast growth in this group, uh, of this social stratum, um, since the seventies, particularly in academia and NGOs. And she cites, um, this figure that there's over 1.5 million NGOs in the US today and 10 million globally, which is quite a lot. Um, And she sees, and I think this is an interesting point, that the battle against populism was self-exposing for the clerisy. So this kind of populist response to their economic, cultural, political power um, served to further undermine trust in the characteristic institutions of the uh, clerisy and newspapers and academic titles, all these sorts of things. and then the i think that the sort of the conclusion is that if the clercy don't serve this this bourgeois need to constantly revolutionize production and society then the capitalist class may pull the plug on them as angela puts it um so there's a there's a question here of like are this is the clercy essentially an obsolete a historically obsolete class which is hanging on by its fingernails to to the sinecures and the um, the material benefits that it's able to extract through its clerical role. Um, and is there a revolutionary or a progressive um, bourgeoisie today that's prepared to kind of to, to, to do that plug pulling um, and to have a project in advance of the clerisy without the kind of dynamic making threat of an organized working class so i i mean that's that's i think probably me reading a little bit into the conclusion there but i do think that that's the 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 final point is is about you know what is the role of the clerisy if if you assume that class struggle is the 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 motor of society and that the um the bourgeoisie are going to be looking to be progressive and the clerisy are not um historically progressive they're a historically obsolete class so quite a lot of food for thought there. What did you guys make of it?
2: I suppose I mean I. It's a new. I mean I guess it's a rehashing essentially the PMC debate, um, with a different kind of term. And so Angela is trying to reframe it by using a term from kind of uh, the nineteenth century and linking it to um, linking it to some of those kind of earlier conflicts. And it gives a different historic perspective. I mean, I suppose the point isn't the point that their influence partly speaks to the end of class politics. Um, You know, so the very fact that there is no kind of organized labor movement and correspondingly that the institutions of, you know, that or that the capitalist class itself, is um, correspondingly weakened and more fragmented, and it's in that particular context that you have this um, in kind of expanding into the vacuum that you have all of these um, subsidized institutions, universities, NGOs, mm. think tanks, what have you, that have. Uh,
0: how do you how do you how do you reckon? Because I mean, I don't see it that way. But I see that it, the growth of the clerisy more as a product of post growth capitalism of rent seeking financialized capitalism, where there's money sloshing about which can't find productive investment. No,
2: sure. I think goes I mean, towards
0: foundations, NGOs. Yeah, I so
2: think so that on. I think, yeah.
0: Hey, there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash BungaCast. We'd love to have you.